Thank you, Tank and the and choir. Sounds great this morning. Just really appreciate that. Man. Um, I always enjoy, enjoy great choir music anyway, so it's always an important part to me. So what am I doing here, right? Have y'all ever thought about that? You ever gotten to a pl- have you ever gotten to a place where you're kind of going, what am I doing here? You've gotten in a certain situation. We're going to talk about that. Anyway, we're in Ezekiel um, chapter 1, Old Testament, page 1620 in my Bible. Ezekiel chapter 1 beginning in verse 1 and those are able if you'd like to stand as we read God's word in the 30th year in the fourth month of the fifth day while I was among the exiles by the Kibar river the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God on the fifth of the month it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest the son of Buzi by the Kibar river and the land of the Babylonians There the hand of the Lord was upon him. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and the fire in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance, their form was that of a man, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight. Their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings on their four sides they had the hands of a man. All four of them had faces and wings, and their wings touched one another. Each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had a face of a man, and on the right side, each had a face of a lion. On the left, the face of an ox, on each on the other, and had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. Their wings were spread out upward. Each had two wings, one touching the wing of the other creature on the either side, two wings covering its body. Each went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go without turning as they went. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire and like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed about it, out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw the wheel of the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like chrysolite. And all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go on, go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not turn about as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome. And all four rims were full of eyes all around. Then the living creatures moved. The wheels beside them moved. When the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels also rose. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go and the wheels would rise along with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels when the creatures moved they also moved when the creatures stood still they also stood still and when the creatures rose from the ground the wheels rose along with them because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels spread out above the heads of the living creatures was what looked like an expanse sparkling like ice and awesome under their expanse the wings were stretched out one toward another and each of the two wings covering its body when the creatures moved, they heard the sound. I heard the sound of their wings, like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. Then there came a voice from above the expanse, above their heads, as they stood with lowered wings. Above the expanse, above their, over their heads, what looked like a throne of sapphire. And, a high, and high above that on the throne was a figure like that of a man. 
I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up looked like glowing metal as if full of the fire and that from there down he looked like fire and brilliant light surrounding him like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds of, on a rainy day so was the radiance around him this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord when I saw it I fell face down and I heard the voice of one speaking may God bless the reading of his words you may be seated I know that was a lot to read and we've all heard the song Ezekiel song wheel way up in the middle of the year you know that's where that came from and we're going to talk about some of those things but what I was talking about is if Ezekiel was in a place he didn't really want to be he was held captive he was things and I'm sure we've all been in places we didn't want to be I'm, I'm gonna tell a bad story about myself I guess I was in high school and I went on a date with this girl that was a little older than me that I had met at work and we went to the movie which is fine but after the movie she took me to the, this friend's house and we were sitting around talking and all of a sudden they started passing a um, certain stick of marijuana around you could call it a joint maybe I don't know what they call it these days it was anyway this little Baptist boy was going how do I get out of this situation because I was in a place I did not want to be I did not want to be in that situation I did not like this situation and I did get out unscathed without having to smoke it or anything like that but they were passing it around and I'm doing I don't need to be here what am I doing that was my first and last date anyway um, but what I'm saying, it was, it was a place that I didn't feel comfortable. And my guess is Ezekiel was feeling very much the same as he was there in captive. He, um, he had been taken kept by the, cap, uh, by the Babylonians. And um, that was probably in the area of present-day Iraq is probably where he was located at the time. And so he was there, held captive. And by the way, Daniel was probably in, in some of that also. It's a part of how that works. It was around that time frame. I don't know if they doesn't mention right then. But anyway, so he's at the age of 30. He was out of, out of sorts. And he was at age 30, he was going to start preaching in Babylon. And he continued to preach, by the way, for 22 years after this. So there, there are times when we find ourselves in places and situations that we really don't want to be there and we don't know how to react and what we need to learn or what we need to do in that situation. Many of you have same stories like I had of places you didn't want to be or you were in, uncomfortable. And when a change comes to us, which it does, when change comes to us, maybe like COVID, when all of a sudden we are, um, everything looks different and the church has to do things different. You notice, when was the last time we passed the offering plate? You know, now, you know, Baptist folks like to pass the offering plate. Oh, that's part of it. That's who we are. We used to do that. And now we leave what? We leave them put in certain places where you can drop them in or whatever. The good news is God is blessed even during those times. But it looks differently. And it looks and it acts different. And the church is different. We have to spread out a little bit more. We have, I'm guessing your chairs are spread out more than they used to be spread out. But, you know, when I, you think about it, that's how it works. I think of Paul. Think about Paul. He was in prison, what, how much of his life? He was, it seems like every other week they were throwing Paul in prison. And he'd been shipwrecked, you know. I mean, you know he did not feel good about being shipwrecked. I'm getting ready to get on a ship. I do not want it to wreck, okay. 
Uh, I don't want anything to happen to that. I do not feel like swimming in the middle of the Caribbean. You know, I just don't want to do all that. I want to swim in my little place of the Caribbean. I do not want to swim in the middle of the Caribbean. And uh, so, you know, but we do that. And, and he was, but he kept faithful, didn't he? And he let God take care of whatever situation he was in. And we all get put in situations. And we need to let God take care of them. We don't always understand how that's going to look. We don't always understand, really, God, is this where you want me? I'm not sure this is right. We have to stay committed and consistent when things don't go like we expected them to. You ever had things go not expectedly? Every day. Something usually pops up during your day that you did not count on. I got to mow my yard on Friday because I needed to get it mowed before I was gone for a week, and got my mower stuck down in a little part of my lawn. has got a pretty steep slope, and there's a little place by the junipers, and I was going around. I do it all the time. Never gotten stuck there before, but all the rain we've had and God's blessed us with, I got stuck, and I couldn't get that mower out. My son was leaving to go an appointment he had, and I'm going, how am I going to get this mower out of here? It's 100 feet from the road. I had no rope. I was not expecting this trauma to happen. So I ended up getting an old extension cord, <laughs> tied it to the front and tied it to my truck and got it out there and, and, could, and it kept breaking the extension cord. And my wife finally came out and said, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and, and so I said, I need you to drive the truck while I try to get some power on the mower. Maybe we can get this thing out of here. And believe it or not, we did. And I teased my son that he was not able to help us, but my wife pushed the mower out of the, bag, out of the muck. But really, I was, was I expecting that that day? No, did it take me 35, 45 minutes longer to mow my yard than I expected? Yes, it did. But guess what? I was okay. I survived. The mower even survived. And I got all but just a little dab of that where that was. I didn't go back to that place and finish mowing. I learned from my situation, didn't I? We all learn from our situations. We get caught up all the time. Things don't go right. But so then he sees these creatures. <laughs> Think about this vision that he saw. Now, there are, there are scholars and all that try to pass it off as he saw a UFO. Have you all ever heard that? Is that just what I've heard? I've heard they've said it was a UFO. Interesting part about that is there's several places it's referenced other ways. But it was more than likely seraphim, cherub, cherubim, not seraphim, cherubim. I'll get my thing from I have I have Tim back there make sure I stay stuff straight because my, my tongue gets tender. I say things I'm not supposed to say all the time. And Tim just goes... Don't do it. And I appreciate it. That's why I always look. I'll look at you because I, I count on that because I do. Just when I get up here, my mouth just starts running, you know, <laughs> sometimes. And it, it, it sometimes says things out of context or out of things. Like, what was it, Sunday night? I, I mentioned the four Gospels and I said they were all disciples. Well, they kind of were all disciples, but they weren't the 12 disciples. <laughs> okay. Two of them were the 12 disciples. Two of them were. Yeah. I mean, so, but you say this, but they were followers of Jesus. So that was what my point was, but I just misspoke you know do you good I'm glad somebody else can do it to him because he keeps me on my toes you know I better say it I don't know how many well, this is cheap and free and this is an extra this isn't I'm not charging the extra for this but speaking in front of people 
you sometimes say things and they just kind of pop out sometimes that you don't expect them to and and that happens and part of speaking and saying a lot of words you're going to misspeak some words and my wife will go, grab me later and go uh, your grammar was terrible on this you said this this or this or whatever anyway so we have cherubim that is what most um, scholars believe they were they had very straight feet for stability and they which keeps us all on an even keel right we need to be stable situations don't we we need to be in to keep on the even keel and we know all of you know somebody that's not easily shaken you know there's just some people that just no matter what hits them rock solid they just keep on going maybe a parent maybe a good friend maybe a strong christian you know all of us have those people in our lives that gosh nothing phases that person they just plow on through no matter what that's what he's saying they sparkled like burnished fire polished brass we all know purification comes through fire we know that the purity of the metal comes from fire we know that we need to be purified and we know that fire takes out those impurities but we don't like to be in the fire right anybody likes god to you know put their feet to the fire just kind of we don't like to be under that kind of pressure do we but we do know that God does and teaches us so many things. And so then he, we've got, he's got four faces. Has the face of a man. Outward view. There's lots of different views people say for the different things. But the man does outward view. It's also the man himself. Then the eagle is more of an inward view. We know eagles have extremely keen eyesight. We know that eagles also, some say are the are the greatest of the birds and so that's one of the things that say but it kind of will give you an inward view the lion king of the beasts lion kickly view it will give us the view of the king and then there's the ox the greatest of the domestic animals servant view think about that an ox is the servant what do they use ox for to do the hard work to drag that plow to do whatever they need there so you'll notice that the wings all touched to show unity. The wings show the unity of them, that they were together, working together as the Spirit led. The Spirit of God moved this unbelievable sight, <laughs> and it never looked around, did it? It just went, whatever, wherever the Spirit took it. That is an important thing. If you don't hear anything else I he say today, God's consuming power and guidance, if we have got to count on his guidance and the spirit leading us in anything we're going to do. If we don't get anything else out of this, the spirit led that creature everywhere it went or that being or whatever it was. My favorite verse is probably Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. If we will let the Spirit of God direct us, he will direct our path in the way we need to go. Now, God is trying to get Ezekiel's attention you think you'd have gotten your attention if you saw that folks he'd have had my attention i would 
try to figure out what I was seeing. I don't know what it would be. But we also know that these creatures were used in different places. Revelation 4. Let's see if I've got it marked here. 4, 7, and 8. I want you to listen to how, how similar this is. Revelation 4, 7, and 8. I'll get the right verse. In the... The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around it, even under his wings. Day and night they would never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Sound kind of familiar? Absolutely it was. And then um, it's almost the exact same scenario in 2 Kings, I mean in 1 Kings, Chapter 6, verse 7, I mean 27, I've got it written down here, 627, talks about, he placed the cherubim inside the innermost room of the temple and their wings spread out, the wing of one cherub touched another, the wall, one wall, while the wing of the other touched the other wall and their wings touched each other in the middle of the room. When he was building the ark, cherubim, this explains the cherubim. What an awesome sight that must have been. So you see, then they had the wheels. Now the wheels were interesting. They said, what, wheels inside of wheels? Uh, many people think it was like a gyroscope. Looked like a gyroscope. Think about it. Wheel inside of a wheel. What does a gyroscope do? Keeps it, a steady, keeps it steady and straight, right? Stability. Had what, eyes all around on all the wheels, Right? The omniscience and the omnipresence of God. He sees everything. He is with us everywhere we go. He knows all things. He sees all things. Shows how God goes and moves us in any direction we may go. He sees. He knows. And there we go. The pagans of those, that day felt that the gods were only where they were in certain locations, in certain geographical locations. The gods were that way. This shows that our God is with us no matter where we go. And he had to teach Ezekiel, no matter where I go, wherever you go, whether you're in captivity or wherever you are, I'm still with you. When you're in those places you really don't want to be, God is still with you. He saw the expanse above the cherubim, the living creatures. This separated the angelic beings from the glory of God. And the sound of God comes like a roar, the roar of the water, the rushing water. Other times God sounds like thunder, rushing wind. Revelation 1.15 tells us about um, the sound of rushing water also. Let me get, I have that one, I know I have Mark 1.15. It says, his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. God speaks to us, you hear it, he has gotten Ezekiel's attention. And then the rainbow talks of, of course, God's faithfulness. He is there for us and is faithful to us. All of this is sensory overload, if you think about it. I mean, everything, all the senses just gets, this 30-year-old man, 30 man is taking notice. He has something to say to him and to teach him, and he was experiencing the glory of God. And when he did that, what happened? He had to fall flat on his face. 
He couldn't face the glory of God. He had to worship and fall flat on his face. And folks, we need to fall flat on our faces and worship the glory of the Lord. He comes and makes himself known. It's a profound way to worship. And it's something he also could not deny. So now, what does all this have to do with us? We're all captives in a foreign land. All of us. This land is not our home. Heaven is our home. And we need to understand that. We're in a place we don't necessarily want to be a lot of times. We are in situations that we don't understand. We're tied down with masks and vaccine, vaccination requirements and corruption and crime and disorientation and evil and godlessness. My guess is all of us can agree that that's the world we are living in right now. And if that's the case, we need to see a spe something spectacular that will prove to us that God is with him and show himself for us, enables us. We are so much like the Jewish nation that was in a rebellious and hopeless situation, weren't they? But we are not without hope. Please hear that. We may be in hopeless situations, but we're not without hope. Our God sent his only son to this earth, a spectacular situation, to live on this earth, to minister on this earth, to bring people together, to talk to them, to let them know who God really, really is. And did that. And with that, what did he do? He gave himself up to die on the cross so that we could be saved. What a spectacular vision that is. And he didn't leave it on the cross. He rose from the dead. He is still alive. That's who we have. And he wants us to experience his glory. And we all need to fall on our face before him in worship. He needs us to get a new vision of him. You know, we box God in so much. We decide that he can do this, and that's it. We, we have a real hard time knowing my God can do all this. Anything. We have decided that God, well, yeah, he could do awesome things, but not for me. Really? I surely hope you don't believe that. Our God is amazing and his, glor his glory shines all around us. We may, not be a, we may not see cherubim and gyroscopes and eyes all around wheels and all those, but we do see his work and his guidance everywhere we go. And you have to just open your eyes and listen for that rushing water sound or the blowing wind or like I said last week, that still, small voice as he speaks to us and tells us what he has for us he is guiding us we have to open up our perspective of who he is we like i said we like to put him down in this little box well god will do this and he'll do this but that's all he'll do i 
can't tell you the number of times I've seen him do stuff that I never thought he could do. I've seen him move people like I never thought he could move them. We church people sometimes get, we'll have a certain person will come in and we'll go, oh, what are they doing in church? I know how they live their life. Yeah, so does God. God knows how they live their life too. Guess what? God also knows what he could do with their life. You think about it. If Paul, before the time on Damascus, walked into our church, all of us would be scared to death. Think about it. Because we'd think he was coming to what? Persecute us. Maybe even stone us or kill us. What did God do with that life? We're all sitting here probably because what some of the stuff Paul did. A lot of our New Testament is stuff from Paul and what he's told us. He is guiding and leading us. Ezekiel was getting a word and a calling from God. Chapter 2 spells it out. What is God, what he wanted him to do. He was calling him to speak to his people. He wanted him to preach to the Israelites. Though they were in captive, they still needed to hear from God. He was getting, he was getting Ezekiel ready to preach to an unholy and rebellious nation while they're in captivity. Now, folks, that's a pretty daunting task. Think about it. That is a daunting task. So what is God calling you to do? Because guess what, folks? I don't care what your age is. I don't care what your education level is. I don't care if you went to Georgia or not. I don't care what. God has something for you to do. There's not a person in this room that God doesn't have something for you to do. Do I know what it is? No. Do you know what it is? Possibly. Probably. Does God know what he wants you to do? Absolutely. Are we going to do it? Don't know. I don't know. God's calling us. He's calling you. He wants to make a dramatic impact in your life. He really does. He wants to show you His glory. Are we open to receive it and let Him call us? Let's pray. Father, we do ask you to make yourself known. We want to see your glory. We want to follow your calling. Tell us what you would have us to do. Make us willing to obey and to follow. And Lord, we know the miraculous and mighty things you could accomplish here. Help us. We're afraid. We don't understand everything. But Lord, we do know you're here. And we do know you have things for us to do. Help us to be open to those. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is our time of invitation. If you feel God calling you, this is your time to respond. He may be asking you to accept him as your Savior. He may be asking you to come and join and unite with this church. I don't know what he's saying to you. This is your time of decision as we sing. Let's all stand.